Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave AC, for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. And here he is now. The man who likes a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave AC. Welcome everybody, welcome everybody, welcome to, well, a sort of historic, well if you're into science fiction and fantasy, a sort of historic episode for the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. I'm your host Dave AC, here for 30 to 40 minutes. Currently on this live call, as we do here on Torchu, call ID double one double two seven two, which goes out live here on Tuesdays, and it goes out live at 5 p.m. currently at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. But because I live in the UK and we moved, uh, our, changed our clocks, we're now on Greenwich Mean Time. It's only 9 p.m. here in the UK. Normally, of course, when I do these, it is 10 p.m. But not to fear, this rather strange week of my giving uh, the number of the episode as 111. All those Bilbo Baggins and Hobbits fan will know it must be the Big and Fruity's 111th birthday. So I'm feeling rather old. And that actually is part of the theme of today's show. Could you be old before your time? Well, let's get on with a few more things and then we'll get on with the call itself proper yes uh, but next week which will be here in the uk well it will be the same it's <laughs> the same day in america it will be and in other countries except maybe australia will have moved over to the sixth but next week's show will be on november the 5th of course in the uk known as bonfire night so um, i have to try and find if I can find some sort of suitable wine to go with my treacle toffee, with my uh, roasted to death in the bonfire jacket potato, my roasted chestnuts, my um, my parking, my treacle pie, uh, whatever else it is that people traditionally eat, uh, uh, cinder toffee, all the sorts of things that people, toffee apples. I wonder if there's a wine I can find to match that. Well, well, that's next week, David. You're getting ahead of yourself. So next week will be the 5th of November, episode 112, and it will be then 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States, and back to good old 10 p.m. in Blighty um, on GMT. 
Well, I think we better talk about this show because we're supposed to be back on track. Yes, uh, after a couple of wobbly weeks, folks. Uh, yes, and by wobbly, I don't mean I'd drunk too much and was wobbling down the street. Just a few issues with recording and with uh, me going to a wine tasting. Actually, on the night, uh, I w- well, actually, no, that fell like it was actually a um, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi radio player I went to on the night, which meant I had to alter the time last week. And I had a a, a bit of a, a hoofla with, uh, yes, that's a technical term, hoofla with my audio a couple of weeks before that, which was actually a little bit catastrophic because the big and fruity is expanding. Yes, uh, there are many different areas, and I won't go through them now. Maybe I'll mention next week. Quite a lot of different podcast directories other than iTunes, and of course, talks you the call ID itself. Uh, double one double two seven two, where you can listen to the episodes live. Are indeed, if you go to my blog, supporting the site bigandfruity.wordpress.com, and of course I tweet about it on the Big and Fruity Big and Fruity Twitter feed. Uh, and just at the very moment, I'd uh, submitted the podcast to about three more different uh, wine directories. We had a bit of a kerfuffle, a bit of a hoo ha. Uh, resulting in um, having to put a pre-recorded sort of apology up a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, last week we were back on track, and just in case you didn't catch next week, maybe this is your first episode, let me just go quickly through two links. I was reporting on a a wine fest here in Manchester in the UK. If you go to my Flickr page, and I'll put the link in the room, we have a live chat room where you can put links in for people to read and copy and paste and so on and that is www.flickr.com forward slash photos forward slash Dave AC which is basically Dave and my two initials A and C to make the acronym of sorts Dave AC. You can see many many photographs there but the first 28 on that page are taken in the town hall uh, on the early October at this wine fest, sorted by uh, corks out and uh, about 10 or 12 independent wine merchants. And if you listen to last week's call, episode 110, you can hear all about it. And on my um, DAC100 YouTube site, you can watch the video. Or you can actually go to the bigandfruitywordpress.com site and where there are a number of links at the top of the page, if you click on the link that says Wine Videos, you'll see the topmost video. It's only a short one, under three minutes long, just to give you a general feel of what the event was like. And then below that is actually the Spring Wine Fest I went to, which was in St. Peter's Church, different part of Manchester. And then there's all sorts of different videos there, mostly, uh, I must admit, taken in the Great Hall in Manchester. Most of those videos are just, you know, three, four, five, six minutes long, just to give people a feeling of what it's like to go to these great events. Remember, I went with my friend Jack, and I was talking about the fact that in Manchester it was also a uh, food and drinks festival that weekend. So out in front of the town hall, there was a great uh, tented city of food and cheeses and sausages and so on, and we had some rather exotic beef burgers prior to going into the wine tasting. But that was last week. You can listen to that. Uh, we've been going nearly seven and a half minutes. 
In fact, my chair's creaking. I hope that's not coming through on the audio because I'm getting fidgety. I'm getting fidgety because I think we ought to get going. Well, before we get going, I need to put, as always, the Twitter link for the wine that I have to hand for to tonight's call. And it's slightly connected with the theme. As I say, the theme for today's episode is Could You Be Over Your Your Time? And that's relating to alcohol and alcohol consumption. Uh, Yet we're very responsible on this show, you know. Um, I don't promote wine. I don't want to put you off wine drinking. But the point is, we'd like to point out uh, current thinking on these things. But I have done some current thinking and I've made a slight deliberate choice on my wine tonight because I normally drink quite big and bold uh, red wines, mostly red wines, but they quite often are you know, 13, well, they're, they're always 13 plus, but they're usually 13, 13.5%, 14, 14 half, even up to 15%. But um, I've been more modest today. Yes, you're dying to know, aren't you? Well, we're at, uh, with a French wine. Quite often the French wines are slightly reduced well, not reduced alcohol, but moderate alcohol. And let's see if I can pronounce it, David. It's Louis de Campanac. I'm going to spell that. C-A-M-P-O-N-A-C. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's the Pays d'Orc 2012. And it's from the Languedoc Rousselon region. Had a few wines from there recently. It's the Screw Cap. It's the Tesco's wine here in the UK. And very good bargain pr- well if it tastes nice it's a bargain price because it was 9.99 that's 10 pounds call that 15 dollars reduced to half price at 4.99 five pounds seven dollars fifty going on to eight dollars so reduced from 15 dollars to eight dollars so um i think we better have a little smell a little taste it is an extremely lovely dark burgundy red colour and um, let's have a taste it's been uh, screw capped but it has been opened in quite a night I've got the heating on here in the UK so it's a, a good the room's at a good sort of 66 68 degrees the wine which came out of the pantry is at about 62 or 3 although I haven't measured it with our temperature gauge but um, ooh, promise of dark fruit Yes, and let me. Ha- I'm not getting a lot more actually. A slight dusty, the, the, uh, that dusty roads thing that you get. A little bit of. Uh, hmm, let's have a tech. Get into it, David. Ooh. That's very pleasant. It doesn't feel underweight at all. A lot of dark. Um, blackcurrant fruit with some ripe red red berry fruit as well. We've got a little bit of spice, a little bit of tannin, not much, but we've got mm, a quite a long and slightly, not a sharp, but a, a definite, uh, sp- well, it's smooth, but it, there is a definite pronounced longish finish on there. Let me have another taste. Now, that taste to me, a quite uncomplicated wine, but extremely nice. And it's got my 
taste buds going immediately. It, this is definitely a wine I would say that needs to be taken with food. If I it, it tastes to me like a good house wine in a restaurant. Uh, it's not top notch by any means. But if you ordered this as a glass of house red, you'd be absolutely or a half carafe of this to go with a meal. I think you'd be quite pleasantly surprised for a modest value. Let me read what it says on the back back label. Rich, ripe, blackcurrant red with green pepper freshness. Smooth structure and a silky texture. Delicious with rich chicken dishes, uh, such as cockavan, are slow-cooked lamb shanks. I was thinking lamb myself. Um, let me have a look what it says. Uh, 12.5%, as I say, reduced, uh, obviously, as I said, from France. Mm. You know, that is actually a definite, nice, not too heavy midweek drink. I've got a feeling this is a sort of a, and I'm going to sound sexist now, so apologies ahead of time, but I think this is a sort of a red wine that women would be able to draw and not feel it's going to leave them with a with a heavy, headachey end to the evening. Um, it's a chirpy red. Ooh, there's a good one, David. Let me have another taste. A very, very pleasant wine. Let me read the TwitPix link out. I've uh, gone on long enough. Remember, this is the TwitPix link to the Big and Fruity Twitter account. So we are, uh, this is all in small case. Remember, twitpick.com forward slash DJ8, that's the number eight, DJ8 NZD. So I'll say that again. It's just got one number in. The rest are all small case letters. So it's twitnick.com forward slash DJ8NZD. And we'll just do a quick refresh. Uh, I didn't put the, the picture up until quite uh, a little, well, actually only about half an hour before the podcast started, uh, just about the time I opened the wine. Uh, 22 viewings, two of those of which have been mine. Uh, but when I do look back, and by the way, you know, uh, on this um, if you want to see the rest of them, let me put that link in the room. It's a while since I've done this, so let me do this now. Again, just me in the room at the moment. Uh, the, to find them all, twitpick.com forward slash photos forward slash big and fruity. And let's have a look. Last week's one, the, the Morum uh, Graciano Rioja, uh, 80 viewings. Um, the beautiful wine that uh, my brother sent me in a presentation box. The, well, I hope it's beautiful. Uh, the Veritas uh, Hazen Vineyard Barossa Valley Shiraz, uh, 1998, in a gift box, um, 57. Hoping to either have that. I'm not too sure whether to drink that near what would be for the Americans Thanksgiving or near to my own birthday, which is uh, uh, just the week before that. Let's go back and see which is, oh yes, uh, a few weeks ago, Gran Familia Classica Reserva Spain 2007, uh, 129 viewings of that image. And if we go back to some of the other ones, uh, they, they, Virgil St. Johnny St. Saint, Saint Saturin Paradise 2009, that was from Long Dot France, um, Big and Fruity, 151 viewings 
of that. Now, that was a Naked Wines wine from Virgil Jolly of Naked Wines. Oh, and the picture I've got the week before that with me with uh, Vanessa from Naked Wines USA. Um, 88 views there. Uh, I did try and get in touch with Vanessa through a uh, direct thing. Maybe we'll t- I'll try again and get in touch with her. Uh, but I, I know she's a busy lady, but um, we'll see if we can get in touch with her again. It's a while since we've had somebody else, and I must get Ian back on the show again, because Ian is absolutely loving being a member of Naked Wines in the States, and he's had uh, quite a few... Well, he's done. He's actually done them proud as well. Give him all credit, uh, because he does his due diligence in putting up the reviews of the wines that they send him, buys his own wines, of course, but um, he's now one of their, I think, most reliable and um, consistent reviewer of wines in the United States. So well done, Ian Bissett, of the Naked Wines, if you're a Naked Wines member in the United States. So if you are, uh, befriend Ian on Naked Wines USA. Okay, well, um, let's get on. Let's go with the topic, David. As usual, I do this. Uh, we say a topic and uh, we get halfway through the show before we get to it. Um, um, now, before we go to that, we, we usually again do why. Oh, no. Uh, let me just put a couple of more links in about um, this wine. Blimey. David, you're jumping around all over the show. First of all, let's go to the uh, Tesco page. So, say that's the supermarket I got this from, where we do have some more information about this wine. I'm just going to clear out some of these links I've already mentioned. Uh, that's a good idea to do. And then I know which ones I've done. And we're now looking at um, Tesco.com, and this is in the grocery. And this, of course, relates to this wine, uh, Louis de Camponac Cabernet Sauvignon. And uh, let's see what it says here on the page. Rich, ripe, black, red. Well, it's got the same notes as on the page. Uh, region of origin, Languedoc, Roussillon. Alcoholic units, just under nine and a half units. Now, normally when I have a bottle of wine, it's certainly ten units. Um, producer, Le Grand Chais de France Group. And Chais, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, so I'll spell it. C-H-A-I-S. Screw cap, um, 75 uh, centilitres. Uh, great variety Cabernet Sauvignon. Vinification details. Uh, 70% of the blend is traditional three weeks maceration under controlled temperature in concrete tanks. Concrete tanks. Ooh. 30% of the blend is carried out in the uh, thermo vinification. That's in stainless steel vats. And a very small part aged with a medium toasted French oak. So that's why it has that slight oaky edge and mellowness, uh, but not all of it is in contact with oak. That's something you need to, yeah, cause I mean, I mentioned before some of these wines produced in Australia. One where they had a thousand stainless steel tanks. Now, there's no way they can produce those all in barrels. So they've got a few ways around that. They can either put oak chippings into contact with the wine, actually inside, Ah, they can mix in oak aged wine. Ah, there, there are other processes that they do. Um, so that's why you can have some wines that taste oaky but integrated oak, 
and sometimes it almost feels as though it's been stamped, as though the wine's produced, and then somebody's going to put a great big stamp on it with oak. And um, I think one, once you've drunk wine for some time and, and got used to these different oaks, you do get to notice this difference between an integrated uh, structure of tannins and one where basically, you know, they've been smacked in the face with it. Okay, so um, that's that. It does say um, once open drink within two days, um, suitable to be stored for two years. And it does upset me somewhat, this this brief shelf life that they give many of the wines nowadays. I mean, admittedly, wines have to be kept in good conditions if you want to keep them, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Rieslings, we mentioned, can be kept 100 years in ideal conditions, <clears throat> as can many... Other wines. Uh, I think on one of our older shows we did uh, something from uh, um, Brown Brothers and I always get the name mixed up and good is it um, where on a BBC programme they actually opened a wine that was 100 years old and it was absolutely blowing their minds. Uh, most of them thought it was wine from 1946 vintage which apparently was a really great vintage in uh, in France but it was something like from 1879 or something like that. So, I mean, you can have very old wines like that. Okay, so that's that. Um, I'm going to briefly skate, skate over uh, a little bit about the fact that I say the the wine is a um, Vindepaged Orc, uh, which it says on the label. And I'm just going to put the link in here from uh, winebow.com. Have a look at that, winebow.com. Uh, and the page link I put in is the they have different regions and they let me obviously most people will know that the uh, this region is the south of France. Let me read a little bit of it. Um, despite being an important winemaking centre for centuries, this region is often considered new <laughs> the new world's region of France. The region has been undergoing a quality evolution over the last twenty years particularly since much of its vines became part of the AOC system. With over 740,000 acres of vineyards, approximately one-third of the country's vineyards and wine production, the, the region is three times the size of Bordeaux and the world's largest vineyard area. Heck, I hadn't noticed that much before. So... Um, in fact, let's read a little bit more because this is really interesting. But please do go to Winebow, and that's bow spelled B-O-W dot com. Last paragraph on this page is more to read there, of course. The region is known for medium to full-bodied reds, dry rosés, dry and sparkling white wines, and sweet red and white wines. It is home to numerous grape varieties, including Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc, and Chardonnay. The traditional Rome grapes of Mordivair, Grenache, Syrah and Vonnegut are also prominent here. Brilliant stuff there. And um, let me just go and give you the wiki link. If you want to know a little bit more about Vinda Pays and uh, Pays Orc, um, check out the Wikipedia. And that's all I'm going to do now because we're 23 minutes plus in wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash vin underscore de underscore pays and uh, you'll find more information 
there. Um, should I read anything more? Yeah, let's just read a little bit of this. Conditions to respect to respect to be allowed to use the classification of Vindapays are the following. And I'll read a couple of them. The yield must be less than 90 hectolitres per hectare for white wines and less than 85 for red and rosy wine. In other words, you know, they're going for quality, not mass production. Only wine producers with a total yield of less than 100 hectolitres per hectare can qualify. And there's a lot more information there on that wiki page. Okay, let's um, let's go on to, we've got our wine fact, and then we've got our topic, and we're already 24 minutes in. I think I need, and deserve, David, a lovely sip of this uh, wine. And actually, it's going down to stop. This is a lovely wine for midweek. Now, I'll correct that. It's also a good wine for a good Sunday lunch as well. Definitely, this is the sort of thing I would I would happily um, share a bottle of this. This is a casual bottle to open, especially at this reduced price of um, half price of £5, uh, under $8. So where are we going now, David? Let's have a look. Yes, uh, why in fact... Oh, yes. Um, now, this is slightly out of date, but I thought I'd just mention it. Maybe a little bit... Uh, Less, uh, and this is um, called WineBlogAwards.org. Now, this does date back to June of this year, uh, so I'm going to keep it fairly brief as I've nattered far too long on this little bit. But um, this is the 2013 award winners. Uh, recognizing excellence in new media. Now we're talking about w uh, sorry wineblogawards.org, and it has here. Let's read a couple of them out. Uh, best original photography or video on a wine blog, and that goes to uh, Lisa Matheson, Journey of Jordan. Excuse me. Best reviews on a wine blog, bigger than your head. Author Frederick. Coppell. Uh, let's put the URL for that in. Uh, uh And let's put the Journeys of Jordan. Journeys of Jordan is blog.jordanwinery.com. Um, let's read. Uh, oh, yes. Overall wine. Overall wine blog. Terrarist. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. And let me put that link in the room. But let me put all three in the room. That's only fair, isn't it? Tewaris. And again, there's lots more there for you to uh, check. The blog.jordanwinery.com. Put that one in the room. Remember, you can use Chatgrabber to get all these. And one more, David. Which did you mention? Oh, bigger than your head. And I think I might just mention one more. Bigger than your head dot net. Let's mention one more because I've heard this and talked about this one before. This is the wine curmudgeon, and that is Jeff Siegel, I think it's pronounced. Wine dot com. 
forward slash. Put that one in. Oh, in fact, let me read a little bit from... Uh, I've just gone to um, his main page. And what's he got? Um, I'll put the direct link into this one. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be out of date next week. That's why I'm doing it now. And this is um, thewinecomudgeon.com forward slash. And if you put into Google, um, winebits305 Halloween wine. <laughs> Great. Good on you, guy. Um, I should say good on you, guy, when it's actually Jeff, should I? Good on you, Jeff. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can read a little bit of that out. Because, um, again, I've got so many links open. Let me see if I can read one. No, I think you ought to go and read that yourselves. So that is um, the wine curmudgeon, and I'll spell it out for you, if you just in case you're like me, have difficulty with this spelling. It's uh, wine, C-U-R-N, U-D-G-E-O-N dot com. So have a check that out. And um, I think we'll leave that now. And at nearly 28 minutes, we've got about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes to talk about our topic. Remember, the topic, in case you've forgotten, is could you be old before your time? Well, I'm 111. Well, episode 111. So let's uh, talk about that. Well, first of all, this is prompted by a series of programmes that have been on at BBC Three here in the UK with a lady called Cherry Healy doing All Before Your Time. Uh, and there were three in this series. And the first one, Cherry Healy, All Before My Time, Alcohol. So if you put that into a search engine, um, you'll probably uh, find it fairly easily in Google. Uh, I, I can't put that in at the moment, but it's because it's on it. Let me put it from the BBC site. Um, the BBC site has a link, and I've put that in programs bbc.co.uk forward slash programs forward slash p one zero one k eight vzx. And um, what I've got is a little uh, clip of this to give you an idea. This is true with increasingly young people are getting jaundice and liver disease because they're with disposable incomes and this idea of preloading, this idea of youngsters gathering around at somebody's house and sort of polishing off a bottle of vodka between them, even before they start the night out, um, is led to people even under 30 having liver failure. And um, I won't give the name, but she's talking to a young man here who's had to have a transplant. And it's, um, let me have a look, um, it's uh, under two minutes, one minute 40, from a uh, a one-hour documentary, Cherry Healy, All Before My Time. There is some background music in this, but I hope you can make it out. What happened after the operation? I think my initial thoughts were kind of like, yes, I'm not dead, you know, I'm not, they haven't got me yet, kind of thing. And then it was like the realisation of the pain afterwards. It was just really intense pain, obviously. Like it felt like I'd been cut, out, cut up in half. And you had? Yeah, I had been cut up in half, essentially. Yeah. The main worry was about rejecting the organ. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's a foreign 
object. It's, it's, it's not like it's, it was mine uh, that I was born with, so that my body's naturally going to fight it off because it's, ah, this is, this, is not, this is not part of this body, so we need to attack it and get rid of it. Matt will have to take anti-rejection drugs for the rest of his life, and his future will be greatly affected. One in five people suffer from a range of life-threatening side effects like diabetes and kidney failure. And his body will always bear the scars of the operation. They call it the Mercedes-Benz scar. <laughs> they pimped your scar? Yeah. And so what are these marks here? The other marks were basically when I initially had problems back in 2007, my liver swelled up quite a huge amount and I had like a bit of a pot belly and yeah, yeah the fluid needed to be drained off and... Yeah, so that's not very pleasant. I do use like oils for it and stuff to sort yeah. of try and... We can share oil tips. I'm like so down with the belly oil. How do you feel about your scar? I'm a little bit sort of averse to showing it in public sometimes, you know, but that's something I'm working on. I didn't really want to see it. I didn't want to look at it. I kind of wanted to deny that it was there, but I knew that sooner or later it was something I was going to have to accept that was going to be there. Now I can actually just about bear the sight of myself in the mirror. And um, of course he's making light of it there but i think the guy is um really lucky that he's is alive but uh, when he says the mercedes benz car if you've seen the um the the symbol the emblem on the front of a mercedes which is um a circle divided by three lines that's good he got three lines of cut to his belly button area but uh he'd had a very distended stomach somewhere else in the show they talk about um they talk to a a woman in her mid to late 30s who every couple of weeks has to have fluid drained out of her abdomen and on the day they went with her she had 20 litres of fluid she looked pregnant 20 litres of fluid uh, from her distended ambler but of course I'm only commenting on this this as I often say is that you do hear these sort of quite scary facts but then you find out these people are sort of drinking two bottles of whiskey a day are a a bottle of gin a day or three bottles of wine a day um and then of course the doctor's advice is is far more uh conservative than that sort of uh, a third of a bottle for women maybe a half a bottle of a wine for men um uh, maybe a bottle and a half in a week for a man maybe a bottle of wine in a week for a woman but these people are not just going once or twice over this they're drinking literally the weekly recommended limit per day. So anyway, um, let me just give you a couple of more links and we won't over as well. Now, a couple of these other links are related to radio shows, so therefore they won't be region locked as maybe the TV one is. First one is um, from BBC Radio 1, advice helping you get through life. And I put the full link in the room, a little bit difficult to read out, but let me just have a read what it says here. Alcohol stroke booze. Alcohol is a big issue in the UK. Some start drinking too young, others drink too much. If you're going to drink, you should know about the effects and how it makes you feel. You should also prepare to meet dum 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 the hangover. Okay, so let's just read a couple of bits of this. Um, how does it make you feel? Alcohol makes you feel relaxed, cheerful and confident. As you heard that young man say on there, it's uh, helped him, you know, felt more comfortable chatting with girls and things. Drinking too much is pretty unpleasant. The room spins, you get sick, you slur your words. Slur your words, David. Slur your words. And lose your memory. 
some people get stroppy and aggressive. The day after drinking session, you'll probably get a hangover. You might feel sick, thirsty, tired, washed out, or a bit low. And then it goes on the health effects. Um, and again, a law reminder here. In the UK, of course, the legal age of drinking is 18, where in most of the states, I believe, but maybe not all, it's 21. And another link uh, from the Radio 1, <laughs> and this might be useful. I had a quick go of it, but uh, I got the buzzer pretty quick. Yes, um, let me put that link in the room. Uh, I'd no sooner entered um, a couple of drinks and I got this. <coughs> well, something like that. A warning buzzer. What it is, it's called the Booze Calculator. And it's bbc.co.uk forward slash radio one forward slash games forward slash booze calculator or one word forward slash hash booze. And you've got a lineup of drinks there in a bar. And what you're supposed to do is pick up the images of the thing and put on there what you would drink. And I went straight for the large glass of red wine. I put, uh, no sooner put two of those on the table. Uh, which is equivalent to, um, let's do it again. Oh, it's, I don't think you're hearing that. You're probably not hearing that through my headphones. First of all, you click to say whether you're a male or female. Uh, so I'm not, you have a choice of, I'm in the pub now. Are you talking about last night? So I'll click on last night, although indeed I wasn't on the, in the pub last night. Um, let's, actually, when I'm in the pub, I usually drink Guinness. So let me go for the Guinness this time. Right, one pint. That's okay. I'll put a second pint on, because I have more than one when I'm not driving, of course. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's gone. You're over your daily recommended alcohol intake. I've only put two pints on. Well, I better put a third one, because I'd easily have a third. And maybe have a fourth. So one can assume that I'm over double the limit, not for driving, because I'm not driving, but double the health recommended by just drinking four pints of Guinness. Uh, and I do that once. Actually, I only do it once a fortnight. So perhaps, actually, that might give me a little bit of kudos because that's only equivalent to two pints once a week, isn't it? Because the other time, it's my turn to be the driver. So that's www.bbc.co.uk forward slash radio one forward slash games forward slash booze calculator forward slash hash booze. Booze are the pound sign if you need UK booze. Okay, I'm not going to read about it, but if you go to the wiki page, there's a wiki page on the impact of alcohol on ageing, because that's what we're talking about. Could you be old before your time? And by the way, uh, I hope I'm sounding reasonably alert. hope I'm sounding uh, fairly cogent in my speech. And I'm uh, just about in a couple of weeks' time to celebrate my 67th birthday. So... I don't feel myself that I'm old before my time, but you never know what's going on internally, do you? Anyway, let's put this uh, link in the room and read it out. It's wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash impact of alcohol on ageing. And between each of those words is an underscore. So impact of alcohol on ageing with underscore um, and let's have a, a little look. Let's read a couple of things. And it sticks... Oh, right. Uh, it, it, it separates this into brain, bit on brain, bit on the heart, 
and a bit on life expectancy. So since we're doing about could you be old before your time, I'll just read the little bit that it has about life expectancy. Ooh, this is getting a bit Halloweenish, isn't it? Let's read on. A study published in August 2010 in the journal Alcoholism Clinical and Experimental Research followed 1,824 participants between the ages of 55 and 65 and found that even after adjusting for all abstainers, heavy drinkers, etc., etc., they continued to con- show increased mortality risks of 51 and 45% respectively compared to moderate drinkers. So I think the saying compared with moderate drinkers, people who drink regularly have at least a 50%, half as much again risk of a shortfall in their life expectancy. And I think you probably have to read a lot more research to know about uh, more on that. And of course, you've got to remember that in all these things, there's a lot of genetics that seem to come into them as well. Okay, I'm going to the um, Daily Mail online. Gosh, that's how, how long do the... I can't even find the... There we are. I'm trying to copy and swipe the URL. I'm not even sure it will fit in the room. And I think we might have covered this one before on an earlier programme. But um, let me just say what it says. Is alcohol ageing you? And this is on the Daily Online uh, under the female section. And it's talking about, um, oh, they've got some rather um, pictures of ladies and then enhanced wrinkles uh, showing how they would look if they continue to drink. And I must admit, these pictures look rather horrific. (laughs) I mean, they've got one here of Jennifer Aniston, how she looks now. I mean, she looks absolutely fantastic for a woman in her mid-40s. how they can think that she's aging before her time, I don't know. There must be, um, you know, 60% of the female population over 40 would love to love like Jennifer Aniston. Uh, but they're giving an idea of what she would look like if she didn't follow a health regime. So that's all I'm going to do on that. But I am going to go to one more page, maybe two more pages, depending on our time, at 42 minutes. And this is... Um, uh, healthyfamiliesbc.ac uh, Alcohol in Aging, the Known Facts. Again, not to read all this out. Um, let's read some of their advice that they give. Limits for adults are no more than 10 drinks a week for women or 15 drinks a week for men. No more than two drinks a day most days for women. No more than three drinks a day for most days for men. At occasional special events, drink no more than three drinks for women and four drinks for men. Older adults, this is the one that gets me, older adults should drink below these limits. So they they basically say, for instance, older men, men over 60, 65, should really take the guidelines that are recommended for women. Presumably they're assuming that there are age-related limits to what their body can withstand. Well, we don't want to go out on just 
bad news. So let's go to one more link and then we'll wrap up. And this is a page that's not all good news, but it's not all bad news either. It's, uh, now I'm not sure that I can spell it, it's Karam Life Education. Uh, but the strap line, if you want to put it in Google, is alcohol, the good news, and the bad. Now we've read some bad news, so let's see if we can read some uh, good news from this. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Ooh, I'm going to have to fight to find it. Well, the good news, uh, in a general sense, is the alcohol consumption is falling in England, but alcohol-related admissions to hospitals are on the increase. That's these people that seem to go on these Friday night binges, of course. Um, although, as we always stress, there is some good news within these statistics, and I won't read them all. I'll let you go and check. So actually, I mean, they only seem to have two good statistics in here um, about alcohol consumption falling and less young people drinking. That's the other thing. That was it. Less. There are quite a lot of young people that are perhaps because they've seen what's happened to their friends are not drinking alcohol hardly at all. Hopefully, they're not taking any other form of drug. Um, so that's the good news. There's still a great need for it effective and meaningful drug and alcohol education in our country. So I'm going to lead that there. And do you know what? I think that's the last link I've got ready as we just about hit the 45-minute mark. So I think we'll wrap up at that, shall we, while we're still alive on our 111th birthday. So next week, the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast will be back, maybe on a few different and uh, more podcast directories. It will be November the 5th. It will be 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be 10 p.m. GMT. The room will be available for you to join me live on call ID double one double two seven two here on TalkShoe. And we will try and fit something appropriate around Bonfire Night, Guy Fawkes Night here in the UK. And... Um, in a week or two's time, we'll be talking about wines suitable for Thanksgiving in the United States. So um, with that, this is Dave AC. Thanking you for listening. I need to find out my um, jazz, jazz outro music. And thank you ever so much for listening. Bye for now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.